one. Hello and welcome to the Amateur Football Channel, the Stoppage Time Penalty Show, every single Sunday at eight o'clock start. Apologies about the lateness, technical difficulties from my end. We're going to go straight into this. Um, actually, well, before we can go, go straight, straight into it, um, Ivan Daniel is the special guest and he'll be talking about his, um, his, like, his like journey, life, family, business and football. But before we get to Daniel, we are going to quickly go over the results from yesterday's games um, with Ainsley, the manager of Catford. How you, how you doing, sir? Best to big up, man. Big up yourself, my brother. Cool, cool, cool. So let's go straight into it. So Division 1, um, Leonis Stars 0, Independent 8, New Park 5, Glebe 2, and in the London Vets Cup, Charcoal 11, SP Athletic 1. Fixtures for next week. Glebe versus Leonie Stars. Independent versus Hollington in the League Cup. Um, LSU Masters versus Johnson & Phillips. Metro Gas versus New Park. Sporting Santos versus Charcoal. And this is the table as it looks. I thought I had everything figured out. But it looks like I don't have the table there. Jesus Christ. Uh, you know what? Let's amateur move, amateur move. I am literally gonna get the like table up. But let's um let's go straight to division two. Catford five, oh, sorry, Catford nine, Bow Street five, Hollington five, Wallenham two, uh, LSU Masters eleven, um, um honorable artillery. And this is the table as it looks. Catford first, Hollington second, Wallen third, Seagrass fourth, Cooler uh, fifth, Bow Street sixth, pa um, Parkwood seventh, London South Legends eighth, Cray ninth, and Norwood Lakers tenth. And the games for next week is um, Notts Brevets versus uh, the Legends, Bow Street Runners. Versus Wallenham, Kouya versus Seagas, Independent versus Hollington, um, the Legends versus Catford Wanderers, and Parkwood versus Norwood Lakers. Before we kind of talk about the uh, Catford game, um, Jose, Jose from Hollington has kind of kindly given me a quick little um, analysis of their game against Wallenham. Uh, yesterday was a battle. They will definitely finish second. Ooh, okay. Um, the scoreline wasn't easy. Um, they're um, they're um, a very good team. The biggest test we've had all season. Two um, two one at half time. Two two with twenty minutes left. They will say um, they um, they will say they could have easily won. They are definitely going to be problems for like most teams, but yeah, too. Um, we um, we actually, we have just had too much. Hollinson have got too much in the squad. 
Uh, we won't lose to no one. That's big talk. Uh, Who, wrote that Who wrote that statement there? Uh, Jose. Who's Jose from where? From Hollington. Jose from Hollington? Mm. Okay, yeah, go on, carry on anyway. Yeah, so literally, what's what's your feeling about that statement? About about what? Um, the the um, uh, analysis of of um, like um, Jose's statement. Oh, um, of like Jose's yeah, statement of of the game. I don't know, man. I don't really listen to to small talk. You get me? I'm not really into all that, so. I don't, you know, I don't even know who Jose is, to be honest with you. I don't know why one of them never just come on in and, and said it out loud, isn't it? But um, yeah, I don't really care about that, to be honest with you. Um, Walling them are a tough side. We played them already this season, I think. Yes. Beginning of the season, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're a tough side, but all games are tough. Are tough games in this in this league, man. No matter. Like sometimes the scoreline doesn't reflect how the game really went. So it's just like we played Bow Street yesterday. And um obviously, you know, we started off far side of the blocks, but it wasn't an easy game. Do you get what I'm saying? We had to work for it and the quality we had was just a bit too much for them. So on the day, yeah, man, anything can happen, innit? So mm -hmm. I ain't really into all that, man. You never count the, the edge before they hatch, mate. Yeah, true, true. Um, so someone just just in the comments uh, from T1, um, when is the conversation with Ivan? It's going to be happening in a few minutes, so please stick with us. We are just talking about Division One and Division Two of the Southern Vets Football League. So, Ainsley, do you kind of want to break down the game against Bow Street yesterday? Um, a 9 5 win. I mean, there's probably a lot to unpack, but um, the first half. What was your analysis? Well, the first half we um, well we started off fast, as you know. I think we scored within the first ten minutes of the game. Um, we scored one, then we scored two. It was just like we just, like I said in the team talk, we ain't really had a a a, a goal scoring feast of late, where it's like we've just been kind of scraping the wins like a little freeze. A little forward, so I said to everyone that like, let's try and make a statement. And like I said, the boys kind of reacted well to it. And um, yeah, we just started off fast, as you know. He was involved in the game; they just couldn't handle um, the quality that we posed yesterday. And um, obviously, they they came back into the game a little bit, but I think that was true complacency kicked in on our side. Do you understand? But yeah, man, I think we just had. Um, a bit too much for them but all credit to them they never gave up and they made a game of it so yeah credit to Bow Street can't hear you mate apologies yeah I can hear you now I can hear you now um, what's um, what's the kind of catalyst um, regarding the second half uh, performance well because you know it was where the first half was kind of like it was kind of not I'm not going to say well I'll say easy it was easy for us the second half I said look the complacency is kicking in you could see what was going on with some of the players to understand we was taking that extra touch when we didn't need to in the beginning we was putting it in behind quite early 
I was getting on the ball and pumping it early in the second half. We kind of stopped doing that. We started going side to side. And that's what allowed them kind of to get back in the game. So, like I said, again, sometimes it's about information at half time, And hopefully sometimes the, people, the players can take that on. Because United goals, when you start scoring a lot of goals, like I said, I think it was four. It was four two at Four two at half time. There you go. So it was like we just thought we had the game in the bag. But I said to them, look, this forty five pair is not going to be easy because tackles was flying in. Um, it was getting a bit dirty. Um, you know what I mean? But like I said again, man, the players done well yesterday. Like credit to um. Chris Walker got a hat trick. He was on fire. Um, TX. Um, Yinka was back in the squad. Pedro. Yeah, it was a good, it was an all good performance yesterday from everyone, to be honest with you. And uh, the game that we have against Legends n- next week, it's, uh, that one's going to be a tough game. Yeah, that's, that's always going to be a tough game when you play against LS, LSU, man. Shout out to um, Cass and Lloydy. So yeah, it's gonna be a, that's gonna be a big game as well. Can't take them lightly, you know what I mean? Like I don't think they played a lot of games in the league, but I know they're set up. It's very well, so that's gonna be a tough game. Looking forward to it still. Yeah, yeah. Ainsley, honestly, thank you, thank you so much for for like kind of coming on and actually talking, no about, and actually talking about the game. And uh, yeah, um, hopefully I can kind of add to my goal tally. Um, <laughs> You're funny, you know. Yeah, no, you done well as well, man. You done well. I'm not gonna lie to we. I think whoever was there knows what knows what happened. I'm not gonna go into it, but you done well, man. You deserved it yesterday. You know what I mean? You need to, you need to thank the gaffer. <laughs> no, no, thank you, thank you. Honestly, thank you, thank you so much, so much for like, for like coming on and and literally talk and literally talking um, about the game. No problem, my brother. Peace and blessing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, before I bring on Ivan, I am just going to go on mute for for one minute. So, please, so please forgive me. Please hang around for just one minute. I'm just going to put everything on, on, on like mute. There's just a few household things I just have to deal with.
Okay. I am back. I am back. I am back. Let me just um let me let me just apologize. Let me just apologize about that. Just um a few things that had to be done behind the scenes. Ivan, how are you doing, sir? Firstly, Tobs, you ask no apology, mate. You're on a mission every week, putting on a good show, providing the service for everybody. So you ask no apologies, champ. You gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. It's hard to run business from home as well. Yeah. People don't see the family, the kids, you know. That's why I have to lock myself upstairs, hide in the room. <laughs> you know, four mini Ivans running around, terrorising everybody. <laughs> but God bless and thank you for having me on the show. Big up to Ames as well. Always talks diligently. Um, love the words coming out of his mouth. Says it the way it is as well. Very accurate. Love what he said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ivan, let's let's go straight, straight into it. Um, what is your biggest regret? In in, um, in in your life thus far? So it's hard because my, my biggest regret is to do with football, to be totally honest with you. But then through bad comes good. So if I got my wish, I wouldn't, probably wouldn't have my kids right now. I wouldn't have a lovely woman that I've got by my side. But my biggest regret was not handling the rejection from Fulham better than I did. And it capitulated and finished me off as a person for a good number of years. It took me years to get back from that. And I generally think I only really got there the last, say, three years. That was when I was 15 years of age. Um, just didn't deal with the rejection very well. Um, I wish, looking back, that when I had my second and third chances with football, I took them a bit more seriously. But the blow that was dealt to me, I think it just wounded my heart and it turned me angry, uh, very angry, very angry, hated the game. I wanted to do inflict pain on the game rather than love the game I play. I had this point to prove, but it was just coming out very malicious, angry, um, and all the traits of me that people have seen in little spits and spurts. But yeah, I'd definitely go with... Um, how I handled that situation. Probably my biggest regret of my life because I didn't handle it very well. Didn't know how to, to be totally honest with you. So let's go back to the beginning. Can you kind of give us like the context that people um, that are literally listening to this yeah. about you that literally made you the man you are, you know, from, from your earliest memory, let's say up to um 12 13 yeah um it's hard because you growing up i was a mixed race boy growing up in sydenham yeah. blueborough lersham um my dad wasn't really about he left when i was about five uh, my brother Irvin, god bless rest that big soul because there's a massive influence in my life he kind of stepped in and done what he could. My uncle Derek, just good family, stepped in. But growing up, it was always a fight. Like you walk down the street, and racism was just a thing. It wasn't really. It was just common practice to be called monkey, nigger. Um, my mum, like I grew up angry because like you were either a half breed or you was some. You was everything but what you wasn't. You know what I mean? And I grew up kind of trying to prove a point. Didn't have a dad on the sideline. Mum could only get to games where she could because she ran her own business. Um, absolute stalwart of a woman. Um, 
So I was always trying to find my way. My brothers were always who they were, highly respected in the Lewisham Borough um, for all different reasons. Most of them good, to be honest with you. We all do what we do, but it was kind of finding my place as a person. And through football, I wasn't always confident. You know, I could blag it very well. And you think, even now, like people think I'm a confident person. I'm far from. Um, I just, I blag it very well. And football gave me sort of like, I call it my time to shine. Um, it was a place I could go, express myself and not feel judged, not feel looked at, not feel like the half-breed, like, even though I was, I put up with rough racism as a kid growing up. Um, banana pills, monkey noises when you scored. Um, and none of it really broke me. It was like every time they did it, it kind of prodded me to become better. Um, I don't like blowing my own trumpet. People that know me can do that. I was an exceptional footballer in not my opinion, others. Um, I was always that guy you turn up to the ground. There he is. He's here. Got to stop him today. I was a big lad. I was a massive boy for my age. Very strong. I was a scoring sensation, a phenomenon. I moulded myself around the original Ronaldo and Romario, the old Brazilians. Obviously, growing up in the West Indian Irish English culture in sort of like late seventies, early eighties, it was a case of like a lot of our, a lot of my dad's people. They were very into the Brazilian football. Um, I found this wonderful genius called Ronaldo from a young age. My brother made me start watching him. And everything he did, I was doing on the pitch like in early 90s. And back then they wanted the uh, sort of Alan Shearer striker, hold up the ball, lay it off. I weren't interested in that. Give me the ball and I'll show you what to do. As he hit like 50, 60 goals as standard a year, all the way up to under 18s. Um, slowed down a bit when I went to Sutton. Um, but the youth football was a lot different back then. We used to play on big pitches when we shouldn't. So there was no seven-a-side, five-a-side. So it basically was a thriving sort of ground for me to develop in with my pace, my power. Um, I started off a defender, lasted two games, scored six from the back, and they put me up front. And I never really looked back, to be honest with you. Everywhere I went, I was just, apparently I was this kid, this talent, and... Other people's parents used to come up to me after the game and ask my mum, like, how, how did he get so good? What do you do with him? And I never understood none of that. I really didn't take it in. Football was, it wasn't even a sport to me. It was a way of me showing the world that you will respect me and you'll stop calling me them names. And I, I, I used it as an outlet. And then the monster, the monster was formed. Um, everywhere I played, I just had an aura about me. Um, I left the pitch. Um, Spudgy, Dave was on the show recently, Smithy, he'll tell you I went, I joined his school in year nine, straight away from year nine, I was playing for the year 11s, scored on my debut, it was things like that, I just used to do things on the pitch, I brought Mottenham playing fields to a standstill at the age of 15, playing men's football on a Sunday, they used to do the inter-tournament things, that cheeky things like chesting the ball up, catching it on my neck, flicking it over the defender and the pitchers around you would stop and clap me off. And then they hear I'm 15 and it was like, I was always supposed to be a footballer, but I never, ever got there. And the, the, it's interesting the changes they've made to the game because if I, I, I always say to my boys, if I played in this era, I would have made it with my eyes closed. Back then they were looking for a more cultured sort of footballer. You had to do things a certain way. 
turning your man all the time is not something they really wanted. It was very robotic football. It was more about the defenders than it was the attackers. Um, so there were times I could have actually, if I listened to the advice around me, I could have developed my game to make that better. But I was just stubborn. I was ignorant. And far as I concerned, I was concerned, my goals spoke for themselves. Like, how can I change anything when this is what's happening? But then I didn't understand the team play. I didn't understand the ethics of a team. I just knew. And it, I can't blame my coach. I used to play for Selsden Juniors in the Tandridge A. Um, we were a very good side. We beat professional sides. We beat Fulham 5-1. We beat Wimbledon. We beat a lot of professional teams. We played in the international tournament in Blackpool, beat Spartak Moscow, Locomotive Moscow. We were beating pro clubs. So we were really good. And it's hard to tell that kid now that you have to change your game when you're beating people that you shouldn't be playing against. So I think from a young age, it would, hence what led me to do what I do now. Um, I had good good advice around me. Um, uh, Mr. James, who plays for Chelsea, right back, his dad, Nigel, he um, he used to mentor me at Selston Juniors. He was playing for Woking at the time. Always used to give me really good advice, but he, I was just ignorant. And like I said, I was so angry. The reason I got in fo- involved in football in the first place was anger and trying to prove myself. And I don't think I ever let that go. Instead of being a footballer, I was just a uh, point to prove. And I kind of, it would have been nice, like I said, if we had a time machine and go back. But I don't look at that past because you can only live in the future. And if I had all of these things, I might not have my kids today. So, But football was really good. It offered me a way out from the anger for many years. It made me happy. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was lovely lifting a lot of trophies. Um, it was lovely going on the journeys we went, the places we visited, um, some of the pitches we played on, Chipstead, like I said, just different areas, um, different people, different ways of life. So it offered me a lot. Um, without my dad around, my older brother, my mentor, Irvin, was just 10 years older. He just started his own um, family. And then I kind of had to figure it out myself. And... A lot of it went well, 75% of it went well. It was that 25% where I just needed that. Somebody who I, who I could hear. It makes sense because people talk to us all the time. We're only listening. It's when you hear. And I heard too late, unfortunately. And I'm not bitter about it. I'm not angry about it. I was for a lot of my life. I thought it was down to racism. I thought it was down to every ism other than me and my bad attitude, you know. And it took for my mum to pass away for me to realise where a lot of my anger came from. And I held that for 20-odd years, not even realising it was one phone call. Oh, sorry, it gets me, Tubbs. Um, one phone call, coming home from school. Um, sat down, I was playing for Fulham, or trialling with Fulham. Uh, six, six games for them. Couldn't make it to training, didn't get all that. I was always a superstar, I could just do what I wanted. So I was turning up to the games, I was scoring for fun. Um, played against Ipswich, scored from like 30 yards, threw ball over the top, plucked it out the air, lobbed the keeper from about 30 yards. And I went into the BBC changing, changing room or the sports ground, which is where Fulham used to play. Sat down at the breakfast bar with a young boy called Dean Leacock, who used to play for my team, who went on to play for Fulham, Coventry, had a stint in the Premier League, the Nigel Riacocca era. Um, sat down with Dean and then we got a call over from Kevin Keegan and Ray Wilkins. 
Now, as a kid, that was like that's Kevin Keegan. Like, that's that's a Superman, as far as I'm concerned. And, like when he called us, I was like, "What me?" I pointed at myself several times. Like you calling me? And then he sat us down at breakfast. Um, said to Dean, I can see your future is at Fulham. You're a brilliant defender, as expected. Dean always was brilliant. He used to play centre-back with Damien and Sean Scannell's brother, Tom Scannell. If you think the Scannell brothers are good, you never met the original. Um, Tom was a rocks. Um, sat down, had breakfast. Um, Kevin Keegan himself, his exact words were, can't wait to see you playing for the Fulham first team. I think we've got one hell of a player on our hands. Can I just point out that you were on the pitch? I can't, they put me on for the last 15 minutes. He saw my goal and he said, mate, that was scary. Players that do things like that end up being big players. Looking forward to seeing you in the future, young man. And I'm fully gassed now. Like, I'm fully gassed. I, 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 as far as I was concerned, I made it. I went into school the next day. Smudge would tell you I was quite rude, like putting my feet up on the table. Teachers like, take your feet down. Take my feet down. I'll burn down the school in the morning and sack you. I'm playing for Fulham. Very cocky attitude. I went home that evening to a 45-second conversation that broke me. And it hurt. And it was the youth team manager, after what I'd been told, telling me that, I'm not what they're looking for. No, I just didn't take it well. I didn't. As you can tell now, it still hurts me. But good will always come from bad. So I kind of pressed the, the destruct button. And I got in a lot of trouble as a young boy. Turned to gangs, problems outside of school. Um, basically had the whole of South East London looking to kill me. From Brixton to Peckham to Norwood to Fortinith to Broccoli, to Lewisham, like we really did. I just pressed the button and I didn't care anymore. I turned to a lot of bad things. Um, and it was just hard. It was really hard. Like, no one got it. No one really understood it. Um, the most important person in my life, my mum and my brother, they pulled me around. They got me back together. But by then I'd done so much damage. It was it was a uh, a reconstruction job. So I started rebuilding. Um, I went off to college. I met a girl. She wasn't very good for me, um, and it, it all just went wrong yet again. After all the building I'd done back, she come and finished off what was left. So I picked up my stuff. I left London. I was a very angry kid at the age of eighteen, still a kid. No matter what people think they are when they're 18s, 19s, 20s, you're still a kid, you're a pup. Um, went off to Devon. Um, a massive shout out to AFC Timoth and Newton Abbott Spurs. They adopted me, they took me in. And the first thing they noticed is you, you're full of anger, Ivan. Like, it's scary. Like, you scare us. So they kind of nurtured me a bit, pulled me around. Um, I ended up becoming, I was playing in a league called the Devon Firewatch League. It's county football, decent, very decent level. These guys were paying for me to travel down to from London to play for them and give me a little drink on top as well. And every week you're in the local paper and it really started to build, build me back up as a person. Like my value was through, it was through the floor. I didn't feel worth anything, especially after the chemical change in my brain for the choices I made. So. 
Like to see myself back in the light I thought I should have been in was really good for me and it gave me that extra little kick. So after about two or three years, I realised football was kind of dead. But I mean, prior to AFC Timoth, Sutton always, they done well. Sutton United done well. They looked after me. A big shout out to my old manager, Phil Dunn, and his son, Martin Dunn, captained me. Um, first boy to rein me in. Like, I walked around with my attitude. Um, and he, he's, his exact words were, why do you act like a D-head? I said, what do you mean? It's like, you do, you act like a little D-head, you act like a little kid. Like, oh, you're such a powerful person if you knew it. And that was the first time for a long time I heard that outside of my family. And he just put his arm around me from game to game and he, he just looked after me. He really looked after me when I was going to fight people. He'd be the first to pull me back, go and put one in the top corner. And he kind of rebuilt me back from that guy that was destroyed by Fulham. Um and I had some good years at Saturn. I learned the best football. Um, I was on the bench, which I wasn't used to. Uh, I was with the youth team with Nicky Bailey and a brilliant striker named Matt Gray. Um, some other brilliant players in that team as well. Um, massive players in that era. Um, again, just learning from those guys. But money, work, things like that. I couldn't weigh up going to football on a Saturday when I could earn money. So I kind of dropped out of the game from an age of about, I think I was 19, just completely walked away from football. So much hurt, so much pain, and I just couldn't really deal with it anymore. So I pursued work. I was on building sites. I was also in like retail, every one of them just dead end, stack a shelf and I've got to do this again tomorrow. Building, you're doing certain work. At the end of it, you finish your work, high-quality job, and people are bartering about what they got to pay you. But it just is always that same, same cycle. Like, you give your heart and your soul to get nothing back in return. Um, so, like I said, when I went to Devon, it was kind of emancipation. It was a rebuilding of myself. All I had left was nothing. Didn't have, I left to Devon, nothing in my pocket. My nan gave me my first month's rent, two months' rent, and then I had to kind of figure it out myself. Um, best thing I ever did because when you come out of London you see the effects of London the aggression, the speed, the pace everything's done quickly when I moved down there there was a lot of love and passion for the area and for their, they actually were proud of who they are Devonians, um, whether they're from Timoth or, and it kind of humbled me a bit and made me realise that you, you are a bit of an idiot that you, you really do need to slow down so I learned, learned quite a lot from them boys um, again massive shout out to Ex-Ireland under-21 captain, Jeff Breslin, ex-City Don. Um, again, another one took on from where Martin left off and kind of gilded me in the right direction. Um, Alex Blackburn, some really good players. Liam McCauley played for Torquay United. Um, brilliant, brilliant boys. Like, massive, massive, massive influential characters in football. So just taught me quite a lot. Um, and then I come back from Devon. I didn't want to come back, if I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, just feared London. I just didn't feel safe there anymore. I was from the most respected, most looked up to, probably one of the most popular kids outside of being a ghetto boy, a Brocky Ute, Peckham Ute. I, I wasn't a part of a gang, but everybody knew me. Woolwich boys, Dan, Daniel Muller and Sherman and all them guys there, we knew everyone. Part of reason why we got into so much trouble. So coming back to London was a massive fear factor because I was scared that angry me would return. And we moved to Alperton. Um, things changed a little bit. 
but people were still aggressive. The, the animals started to come back out in me again. And then I don't know if the man upstairs said, let's give him a break. I met my partner at 24, 25, Zoe. Zoe Dunn, she'd been a massive influence in my life. And, you know, maybe if she didn't come across at the right time or she didn't come when she did, I could have gone back into the old me very quickly. Um, I've now been with her 16, 17, going on 17 years now. Um, but all of them guys out there playing the field, doing what you're doing, just always remember behind every great man, there's a greater woman. Yeah, you've got to understand that because a lot of us men don't and the way we treat women. Uh, go and play the field, do what you're doing, but you don't lie about it. Be honest because that could be your sister, that could be your daughter, that could be your mother, your auntie. Yeah, so I just feel the way we treat women, and it was a big change in my life as well, how I started to view women. They're not just there for a use. They're not just there for your ego to feel, you know, and, and Zoe taught me a lot of that. Um, so moving on from football, I kind of, um, when I come back from Devon, a lot of the anger was still there. And as I spoke earlier about my older brother, Irvin, he had just gone through MMA. Again, just had a fight, was really good, had another fight, really good. Third fight, he got thrown in the deep end for a title fight at UCMMA against Big Ben Smith. Done very well. He lost, unfortunately, but massive pride in him for three fights to then take on the champ. You know, and at the time, I think Ben Smith was working on Towie. The only way is Essex. He was training one of them for a boxing match. It was just after Irving's fight. Um, Irving kind of one day we went to a funeral uh, wedding and he just saw me as weak. Like, I, I don't know what he saw. I mean, something I'd, I, I've, I've discussed with him and he's explained it to me. But like, he just sees something that didn't, belo that didn't belong there. And he, I got home. I remember this day like yesterday because it was a big turning point in my life and I could have gone up or down. And he literally, he destroyed me. He picked up the phone, he phoned me, he's like, what, what's written? And he just read the right act to me. Like, not horribly, not in a nasty way. He told me the truth. He'd done what a lot of people weren't brave enough to do. And he told me the truth. And I remember putting down that phone. And like, I thought he hated me. I really did. Like, the things he said to me, like, it went into the morning, he phoned me back and he was like, bruv, like, I've got to explain myself. I was out of order because I went in on you. But this is why. And this is what I think, and this is how it should be. And he then, he took me under his wing and I started learning mixed martial arts with him. Um, I didn't go into fight originally. I'll tell you what it was, is my girl cousin, big up to Leisha, she was training there already. We were doing push-ups. Um, <laughs> she'd done 100 without stopping. And I got to about 20 and fell on the floor. And I think it was that that kind of gave me a kick in the backside in the right direction. Um, within six weeks, I'd got really good at it. It replaced football completely. I didn't even want to see a football anymore. I think I needed to build myself back as a person. So I always say, like Irving, always scrape together the ashes and put back the phoenix. Um, he took me through the fighting world. I could have gone a bit further with it. I had about six or seven fights, boxing, K1, Muay Thai, MMA. Um and turned about 29, I had my second child on the way. I could have gone professional, taken the last-minute fight. I opted to step away from it and go the right route. I mean, what I learned from my two journeys in football and MMA, MMA very short, but football very long. Sometimes in life, you were never supposed to be the superstar, but you were always supposed to be the 
a mentor. You're always supposed to take your teachings and your failings to better others. And because my ego was so big and my pride was so, so out of control, because people don't realize how pride can destroy you quicker than most things. Um, my ego and my pride got a big check and I started to realize that every part of my journey wasn't a waste of time. Um, I started coaching football and again, I was like a duck to water. People magnated towards me, loved the energy, the passion, and loved the life lessons. So I kind of took that to them. And um, six years on, I coached my two sons. Well, up until last year, I coached both of my son's teams. Um, probably, I, I think that for guilt, for when my dad wasn't about, I think he could have guided me better. Um, so I made sure I was there for my boys. But then I adopted like 20 more kids. Like they all looked up to me like my kids. Like they, I've got a special bond with all my players as well. Like as I know them individually. Um, and I think coaching, because obviously you can't get into trouble being a coach. You can't have certain things on your record. So again, I think that extinguished the last bit of flame. It's still there. It's still there, and I think that winner in me is never going to die. I always want to win or do the best. Um, so I think with with coaching, that kind of put everything back together. And then, I, I, funny enough, I started coaching MMA as well, and it was through football and MMA. I found a power in myself and a value in myself that no one's been able to take since that day. Um, just going through what I went through in the in because my brother wouldn't take me to the gym at first. We used to train down in um Hilly Fields in Brooklyn. I present Prendergast School. We used to do our hill sprints up the, the front. We'd do ten hill sprints forward, ten backwards, barrel walks on your hands, piggybacks, ten squats a post. Then we'd go up the sundial, we'll have a two hour spa. And I, I just found something in myself I never even realised was always there. I was always weak. I was always um, non-confident. I, like I said to you earlier, I hid it a lot with my sport. Um, even when you see me play, you see me talk on the pitch, people don't realise how shy I am as a person. But when I'm doing my sports, my football, my boxing, my MMA, fighting, like I'm, I become a different entity. It's almost like I'm possessed. Um, I just think, like I say, everybody that goes through football looking to be a footballer or go through fighting to become a fighter, if you change your perspective on things, those things could happen. But if that's all you're looking to gain from it, you might come up empty-handed. I mean, football taught me the value of a team. Football taught me that no matter how down you are, you can always offer something. Football taught me that when people are down, your light can bring them up. Like There's lots of things football taught me outside of the game. Um, every job I've had, I've gone into and naturally, but, oh, yeah, I'm supervisor or section leader straight away within weeks. I've already promoted myself without even having to go through the things other people do. It made me a natural born leader. Um, like when you've done that piece on me, like it's weird when, when I look at that, I, I don't look at myself like that. I just look at something's got to be said, someone say it. And it don't always go well. It didn't work at New Park. It was good at VCD, but they didn't need that West. They had players of a level around, so they didn't really need to be spoken to. Um, and it was a different kind of football. We let the football do the talking, if that makes sense. Um, but I think now where I'm at Seagus, they found a place for my mouth. <laughs> they found a place for my qualities. Pretty much similar some of the things you pointed out about myself. I think they're the first in a long time. Them and Blackheath were the first in a long time to see how much value there is in me, 
not as the footballer, but as the person. My first three years of vet football, I used to get over my mum. I lost my mum. I think I've discussed it with you six six years ago now. Um, it hurt. It hurt badly. I'm not going to lie. Um, she was everything. She really was. And I went to fireworks night in Dartford Park. Went home, everything normal. Um, received a phone call. And within... Oh, sorry, guys. Within an hour and a half, she had passed away. And no explanation, no warning. You just took away my rock. And I'm going to apologise open on air to a lot of people that had to put up with that aggressive, horrible person. I was a horrible person. Three first three years in vets football, horrible person. I was hurting people in tackles. I just didn't give a damn. And again, Football was there to help me. Like, big up to big dog Eli. Like, he could throw me out of the blue. And he's like, generally, like, football aside, I'm worried about you. Like, I know you as this, but you, you project so much anger and volatile behavior. And it's like, whoa, am I that bad, Eli? We, we had a big chat for about an hour and a half. Hence why me and Eli, we roll together everywhere we go. He's, he's outside of my original friend sets. Is one that I've adopted and I've taken him in. Um, but I always say, and I speak quite openly, listen, if you want to judge me and I'm crying, I don't give a damn. And I'm an emotional person. But I will say to anybody right now, one of my biggest regrets, to add to what the question you asked me earlier, was when you got that five minutes to make that phone call to mum, to dad, to your loved ones, don't ignore it. I'm going to speak to you on a level like, don't ignore it. Every minute you've got with your family is a special minute, and it depends what you make of it. There are so many minutes I missed out on, and I chose not to have that conversation because life was too busy. I'll do it tomorrow. And I never got that tomorrow. And all of the beautiful things that have happened since she's passed, I have to share with her in here. So it's hard. It is what it is. But I said similar to Nana, and it's one of my coping mechanisms to get through the grievance is sometimes our parents are such strong people, especially my mum. She was amazing. If she never put her torch down, our, our lights would have never have shone. She'd done everything. And just to see, I'd love to know what she thinks. Um, but at the same time, I know what she thinks. I feel it every day. Some of the things I've achieved since she's gone, just out of that, because I know she sees everything I do. Everything I try and do, I do in the best light I can at the minute. <laughs> so from death, there's always going to be a happy day. It's just how you take to it. And it will take you time. It does take time. Grievance, everyone's got a theory. There's this stage, there's that stage. There's not. You deal with it in your own way and in your own time. Again, a bit of advice. I wouldn't throw yourself in the deep end too soon. Take the time needed to heal. I was on the pitch after my mum passed away. She died in in Woolwich Hospital or, you know, down by Meridian. Yeah. She passed away 12.30. I was at the marathon ground, believe it or not, 8.30 in the morning. Lost. I was lost. And if I didn't go football that morning, I would have screamed. I would have just screamed. And um, my boys, man, they were amazing that morning. Big up Crayford Arrows at the time. 
we were playing in the cup against A League, B League opposition as a C League side. They knew what happened and they went for it. And that day, I felt I felt a little bit come back. Um, they went and won both games for me, and it was just it was immense. It was immense, and there's little things like that got me through it. It got me through it, and as you can see, six years later. It hurts more than the day it happened. It never gets better. But you learn, you just learn to cope with it a lot better. You learn to understand that your day will come, you will meet up again. But so much, so much in life is there. Like, And I think we only celebrate the good, but don't be scared to look back at the bad and take the lessons. You need to learn from them because I've always learned from losing. I've never learned from winning. I've learned very little from winning. I've learned my ego gets bigger. My pride is monstrous. Um, it's in them times when you're down, you start to realise how much fight is actually in you, how you start to realise what a human really is. Because we're so much powerful than they'd like us to believe. We're so much more powerful than social, social media will allow you to be. Um, but I think we've... With both, both sports I've done. And this is why I've gone into all shades of life, sports therapy side of things. Because like, if I didn't have sport, I don't know where I'd be right now. And that, that's the God's honest truth. Like, if I didn't have fighting after my rejection from Fulham and all them things, if I didn't, if my brother didn't step in, I could be in jail right now. I was climbing through gaps that anybody even looked into the car sideways. I was looking to jump out and fight everything that moved. Police included. It was just anybody and anybody. If you want some, I've got some for you. And I think just just through the discipline of sport, it kind of brought that all back to me. Um, I was always brought up the right way. I was never from a not being rude. I wasn't from an underdeveloped background, or I was from I was quite privileged as a kid. And we wasn't always like that. I mean, people saw big houses. They didn't see the big mortgage bills that come with that as well. They didn't see all the outside things. My mum, as a single person, raising five children and then adopted two more. And like I said, she had eight in the end that she had bought on, under her wing. Like she'd done that all on her own. My dad was living the, living his best life. While she was there cleaning up the pieces, running a, her own 24-bedroom old people's home, running four houses, paying the mortgages on them. Anyone ever, all everyone ever saw was that. But you know, you you learn from the people around you, and I definitely learned from her. She was a massive inspiration. I mean, like I say, football's been a big part, massive part of my life. It's my mistress. It really, it's always been my mistress. Mm. Somewhere I can hide, and I can just go and be myself. Because, um, like I said, I've always hidden my confidence. When you see me on the pitch, don't ever any kids looking up. Don't look up to me. I look up to you. Uh, you're my inspiration. The kids I coach, they're just amazing. They're just, how can I say it? Like I said, eight hours after my mum passing, it was a bunch of nine-year-olds. Nine-year-olds when they stepped up and beat an A-league and a B-league side for my mum. They, they met her a couple of times. And like I said, through sport, amazing things happen. We saw at the World Cup, we see every year in the Premier League, in La Liga and League One. Everywhere across the world, we see amazing things happen. But the message I'm trying to get to you guys is it's not just a professional contract that you will gain from football. There's so much more networking. Like a lot of my jobs have come through football friends. A lot of my 
pastures new have come through being at football meeting, just being in the right place at the right time. So, yeah, wow. that's, that's the tear jerks over, boys. I do apologise, but I am who I am. If you don't like me, there's loads of other channels you can watch. If you do like me, just respect me for who I am because I'm not always that monster you see. I'm, I'm a good guy. There's there's no need to apologise. There's literally no need to apologise. I mean... Um... No, thank you. Mm. Thank you. Um, mm. Yeah, I've babbled on a bit, kind of like... No, 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 just, no. Honestly, like... Um, <laughs> wow. Um, so... Mm. Before I ask you any more questions, I want to just comments. Um, so Ben, Ben kind of come in and said, uh, "Ivan, my uh, my bro, you're a good man who has had to pick up the pieces many times, but that typifies your inner strength." Thank you for sharing your journey. Um, bless, bless. I mean, is I'm lucky, you know, Tubbs. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a very lucky boy. Um, people have been through what I've been through and I'm not saying they wouldn't get through it but they wouldn't have had the people around I've had some good people around me um, from family not just my family are massive they're just amazing they really are whether we're getting on or we're not getting on we're just one entity one big uni unified piece of Saturn I don't know what it is and without them it wouldn't have been possible but then also the reinforcement and the people I've had around me, like even getting to know yourselves, all everyone that I seem to have around me, I'm very lucky. Big up to big Scotty G, Scotty Grant as well. He's my old number two, um, my drinking buddy where I go. When I'm down, I'll go and have a pint with Scotty. Um, you, you've got to have these things. You know, my missus, my best friend, not just my partner, she's my best friend. Like, this woman saw me through dark times, like, she had to keep my kids going. She had to keep everything going. Um, so like I say to everybody, if you think you're a bit great man and you ain't got a great woman behind you, you're not as great as you think you are. Put that woman behind you and greatness is awaiting. Um, and the All Shows of Life community, very, very blessed. <laughs> very blessed. Amazing bunch of people. Um, it, it, it's just what they produce every week. Whatever I throw at them, they show tenacity, willingness to strive and become better. Um, I thought I had a bit of determination in me. Right? I'm seeing little seven-year-old kids. I can't really big them up for legal reasons and safeguarding issues. But my, my five to six class, you know who you are. All shades of life, ready and set. You know what we do. And then my six to seven class, my 11 to 13-year-olds, the reason the youngers are the way they are is because they got you guys protecting them in secondary schools. And then out to my ladies in the morning, 9.30 to 10.30, if you think you're fit, you think you're about that fitness life, I dare you to put it to them. They'll show you new fitness. And then we've got our adults as well, seven to eight. It's got some brilliant boxes on my, under my wing at the minute. I'm hoping to send them on to other gyms like Chua, um, um, Nemesis, down with Techie. Um, if I can find where the Kettles boys are at, I'll send them there. The one south, they can go up to see Red Dragons, Julian. But, uh, you know, one of my pals, young boy, 20 years of age, Tubbs, learning his trade in the boxing ring. Um, Istan, Billy, Joe, Joe Cooper and his brother, George Cooper. Um, what a brilliant bunch of lads, honestly. Um, he, 
you, 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 no matter how weak you feel in life, if you've got people like what I've got around me, you ain't got time to feel weak. They're waiting for inspiration. And they, do you know what? They don't waste it. It's so nice to offer that. So when you're offering something and getting something back, you're ha- happy to keep on supplying it. And biggest love and shout out to All Shades of Life, gang. You're really carrying my mum on the logo very well. Immense pride and passion. I mean, we took 60 children to Cheserton. Um, just myself and Zoe and a lot of volunteer parents. Um, Kelly, Ma and Marie. Always appreciated. Dan, my neighbour, she's brilliant. Um, not one incident. Um, commended by the Cheserton staff for what a lovely bunch of kids. And that's why I always say to you, like, we're quick to post up, like, this stabbing and things is ridiculous, but do you know what? It's it's like everything. There's good and bad, and we don't post enough of the good. But I do reach out, and I'm prepared to talk and work with anybody that's gone through grievance and lost through murder and things like that on the streets. But I'm also willing to talk to the people whose kids are doing massive things every day and not even getting a lollipop for it. And that's what concerns me. All the good people go by not getting noticed. One of myself, things I did never ever got noticed, but I'm here to tell you guys and girls it will be worth it. Just hang on in there, fight until the end. Because that's all you've got in life. You've got fight, passion, pride, spirit. That's all you've got. And they can never take it away from you. No banker, no taxman, no king, no queen, no policeman. They can't take them things away from you. It's always yours. It always belongs to you. Yeah, so. Love that. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go through all all of um, all of the, the comments. Um so big so Proctive says thanks for sharing your story. Um Keen Keenwood, uh most genuine and nicest guy you will ever meet, has played a massive part in me playing and so, do you know what Tobbs? That's another one I forgot to mention out that <laughs> there, Keenwood. I've we known will. him since he's a young boy, yeah, yeah since fourteen. Even younger than that, I think I've known him since he was about eight or nine when we joined Crayford Arrows. Mm. And you know when you've got good people, like I said, you've got good people around you. This boy has gone from a little footballer to a helper to my number one key coach that I work with outside of um, grassroots football. And he, brilliant footballer as well. I mean, he was playing his trade at Ebbsfleet. Any of you guys looking for a trustworthy captain material probably could play any any position, let me tell you, 18 years of age, you got to look this kid up. He's cool. what your coach wants. He's an amazing young man with good family backing as well. I couldn't yes. preach him no higher, so it's interesting he popped up at the right time. Yeah. What, a, what a boy, let me tell you, a lovely boy. Great stuff. But, um, um, James, uh, James Walker, great, great fella. Uh, I want wow. a big inspiration to like my boys' game. And then uh, we've got... Thank you, Jay. Of course, we've got Smudge coming in there. Um, My boy. And then we've got <laughs> Binzi. Uh, respects and thank you so much for sharing your story. And then, oh, we've, got, my brother. then we've got Smudge again. Uh, big up Ivan's brother. Um, showed me love growing up. Um, Ivan's mum is, is a very special and always showed me that... that um, He's a good lad, that boy. I tell yeah. you, I love him to bits, man. In, in her presence, um, I literally have a few questions. I mean, like you, yeah, yeah, far literally, literally, your like story is amazing, and and I was, and I was trying to jot down. Uh, I, I never always knew that I used to hold it as a burden. All my mistakes were always mistakes. They were never nothing to be. 
but I'm glad I get to share them because, you know, I'd, if I could stop two out of 100 kids going on the path I did, let me talk, let me talk, give me the platform because them two are worth saving. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm lucky, like I said to you, there were times I could have lost my life quite easily, very easily, like I said. And um, I would actually love to know what, what was your most um, compromising position when when you really thought I'm in big trouble, l you know, literally life-threatening. Um, what was that one incident where you, was, where, you Again, know? Again, from the age of 15 up into about 18, I can list off thousands. Um, the one I will... I will always go, and it really made me realise what I had done. Um, coming out of my, weird, I just sat my first GCSE, I think it was an English GCSE. Um, got a phone call, I was like, yeah, them boys are coming for you, you know? And so I've gone and found Smudge, I was like, what can we do? We went to the DT, bad, sorry guys and girls, never take this option. I'm not condoning, it's like WWE, don't try this at home. Um, we went. We went and found anything we could, pin hammers. We even put a tripod. Do you remember the tripod from Science? We put them in our bags. Mm -hmm. um, we got to tra Hayes train station. And, wow, I looked. I, luckily, I looked as early as I looked. Me and Smudge walking into the train station. Train doors opened. And it was like a sea of Brixton poured out of those trains. And Norwood, Norwood or whoever they were, God bless to all you boys, because whatever I did, I obviously wound you up and um, you pulled out the city for me. Um, me and Smudge had to go in the um, little news agents, lock, got the man to lock up the door. We were behind the counter just watching people walk past looking to kill us. Um, it wasn't a nice time. It was very, it's quite, I wouldn't say it was scary. What was, I think it was more a case of, like, it was shocking, right, to know like a silly little situation for where one of my friends got rushed. It wasn't even ever anything to do with me. One of my friends got rushed. They saw a couple more of their friends rushed them back, and it just escalated into a war. Like we had, is between ourselves in Sydenham and Norwood Junction, Fortinef, Gypsy Hill boys, and it just it escalated quick, quick. I mean, from that we all arranged to meet up at. Um, you remember Blue Orchid in Croydon? Yeah, yeah. We, oh, wow. Remember, we was only a small little place in them. We went up there seven up again. Like we, They emptied the, the depths of hell for us. They were looking to do us something. Hundreds of them looking to kill us. And um, it is what it is. Like They didn't get me. That's not me bragging. That's far from me bragging. I was very smart. Like, I was very smart as a kid. Very, very smart. I saw certain things like, other my friends just refused to listen to, but I never would follow. I'd always lead by me. Um, but those two incidences, that one in Hayes was definitely a very scary situation because if they would have, we're talking what, oh, Smudge can explain it all, 30 seconds later, me and him couldn't, we might not even be here because they were always older boys. When I was 15, I was six. I was, as you see me now, this is how I was when I was 15. I could buy cigarettes in my uniform. But uh, it, 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 and they bought out big men for us. They were like 18s and 21s. We were just in year 11, and um, you know, probably nothing really scared me because I wouldn't say nothing scared me. It just overwhelmed me. Like I'll fight anybody, but how can I fight that? What are you really gonna do with that? 
what can you do with that? And then it was just like, that was my life for like three years. I used to have to like phone people on a private number to hear who's in the background. So I knew which route to go home safe. Like it wasn't a nice place. And all of that culminated me started smoking weed, other things. I got quite bad. I got really bad. We were locked up in rooms, just getting high, high, armed with knives, armed with anything we could arm ourselves with. Please, one of you turn up because I ain't got left nothing to live for no more. You're going to take my life, so I might as well go out fighting. And, um, yeah, I think it just all... But the, the sad part about it is, like, I was always warned about the company I kept. And when your parents say to you, you shouldn't hang around with this person. It's not always because they're a bad person. They're just bad for you. And like I had a particular friend. Um, I don't need to mention his name. Anybody that knows me knew who it was. He's my partner in crime. And we were just like, I was the fire and he was the petrol. It never, we'd just ignite each other. And it was like, we were just dumb. Like we were just plain up dumb. We'd go and start things in areas that just, no one would even think of doing that. And it just, like I said, it amalgamated to what it did and it got too much, got on top. Um, I never intended to take drugs. I never intended to be the person I've become. But I kind of pushed myself into that. And that's all I had left. And it was like, there was I couldn't go nowhere. It's part of the reason why I stopped playing for Sutton Youth because I'd have to go through Croydon. So I was with the Sutton Youth team and it was getting a bit dangerous to like get on the train from Sydenham. Because once you got to like Norwood, from you got to Annerley, it's hood up, tall ready, because somebody's going to be on these next couple of stops, we're going to do you something. And it was like, it was just horrible. And I think like just, I had to keep my head down for a few years. I mean, I could have carried on, like there's, there was nothing to gain from it. I made a conscious choice to step back. And through that conscious choice to step back, I had, we had kind of in-house falling out. So that same way that was my Koji, um, he ended up setting me up, um, in my opinion, and for things I've been told. See, like I, I've had this discussion with him, but I come to learn later in life that it was all him that set it all up. Like we got, um, it was me and another lad. Um, don't know what happened. Like me and my pal, I, my brother caught me out for what I was taking. Uh, I was honest. I said, "Look, that's what we've been doing, us." And he was like, look, it needs to stop, like, because I'm not going to talk to you after this. I just break your jaw. I was like, okay, same. Never really. Irving would just put it on me. He'd just deal with me. But Isaac was always like my pal. He always used to try and speak it through. And um, yeah, he's like, I'm going to have to break your jaw now. And it's like, wow, is that how it is? And he was like, yeah, because you shouldn't be doing certain things. And then I ended up getting into in house arguments between my friends. One of my closest friends shared. Like, I used to have him over every weekend. We were like batting and bench. Because um, I told my brother what we were doing, he took two in kind for it and he got another lad to set about me. The boy set about me, didn't realise I'd fight back. And then it ended up, he told a lie to his brother saying me and my brothers rushed him. Well, he hit me where I had one leg. So I've kind of bottled it and ran. And I was like, no, I'm not having that. I come back, put my hands on him. He's told his brother that we rushed him. His brother come out looking for us, and it was just to and fro. Like they tried to pull up on us, smash out windows with sledgehammers unexpectedly. They got it put straight back on them on Sydenham High Street. Um, we went to war, and I'm, I'm not proud of it. It is what it is, though, because like you got to understand, there's times and place 
certain some people don't understand like people say why didn't you go to the police why didn't you you really think the police are interested in helping me like not in a rude way like they just wasn't like far as they concern you're all the same and it was just something we had to sort out ourselves and again like at the age of 16 17s 18s i'm fighting big men like 25s 24s they were my brother's age i'm having to fight them every day and it's this is why a lot of it led to me going to Devon because it, I couldn't get away from it, Tubbs. Like, it, it's, my name was a massive thing. Like, I hate my name being big. I hate my name being what it is. Like, I'd like to just turn up to a football match and no one ain't talking about me. I could be the hand up Mona Lisa's skirt, the one no one ever sees coming. But every time I play, even to this day, everything I do, people expect. And it becomes like there's never been a pressureless point in my life. Never. I'm I'm a craft now, 39 years of age, and it's like. But I've had to explain this to my boys. Sometimes, you, you know, your name that you carry is is a massive thing. It's like your crest back in the days when you were the crest on the shield fighting for the king. Your name is the same thing, and if your mate name don't mean nothing, then I can only say good luck to you because you're not going to leave nothing behind. There's no legacy. So what's the point of you being there? Like I said, my four king, my four princes make me a rich king because every one of those boys is gonna accomplish something that I fell to. That's my duty as a father to make sure they do that. Anybody under my tutelage, whether it be at VCD under fourteens, or it's at All Shades of Life football program, stepping on clouds, or if it's in the home from homes youth club on Saturdays, or it's in the MMA ring, you've got to be the best when you're around me, the best version of yourself. That doesn't mean you have to be everyone around you. That just means you be the best version of yourself. I, I can't allow these kids to to subdue and give in to certain things. I can't because it's too easy to. And like I said, if I had just, I'd say if I had about two more weeks worth of fights fighting me, my life would have been a lot different. And, it, okay. and it's worked out the way it's worked out. Yeah. But all for the good. Like I said, I'm a very rich king. My boys are everything. My missus, everything. My family, everything. And I wouldn't trade it for nothing. And people say to me, if you could go back, would you do anything different? No, I wouldn't. If I'd done anything different, I wouldn't be standing there as me today. And I know when I pass on, everything I've done bad in my life, everything, I'm talking everything up to this day, I put right. So when I see St. Peter and he sits me down on the scales of justice, I'm going to pass to see my mum. I'm going to match the feather. And that's all I care about. I don't care about money. I don't care about anything else. I just want to go and speak to the big lady one more time and show her like you were right. I let you down and I got this right. And you know, it's it's just one of them them things I've got for myself. I think sometimes when you ain't the be all and the end all and all the glory is about you, you're happy to watch the world burn. But you've got to understand your glory, even if you fail in life, if you, you fix things, your glory is yet to come. And we don't generally know what glory is because our glory is materialistic on this world. These bodies we walk around in, they're just vessels. They just carry the beautiful thing inside, which is your chakra, your soul. And whether you believe in God, I'm not Catholic, Christian. I brought up a Catholic, don't really follow any religions anymore. I'm not Muslim. I'm not, I don't believe in a particular religion but I can guarantee you one thing I don't know if his name's Allah God Buddha whatever you want to call him there's somebody up there waiting for you and if he ain't up there there's a purpose for you next and it's not for your body to take on with materials it's for your soul and your chakra to enjoy and embrace 
And like I say, everybody out there, if you really believe you can have a dark soul for so long and you can do things and money's going to determine who you are, be careful. Just be very careful because it, money isn't nothing. It's nothing. I don't care what shoes you're wearing. I don't care what you've got in the bank. It means nothing. And if you're deluded enough to think otherwise, good luck to you. That's what I will say. It'll mean something when you have purpose behind it. But stop chasing the money and start looking at yourself. Start looking at yourself as a person because there's so much we can give back now. That's why I love Vets football. Like my boys watch a lot of it. They're privileged enough to watch some really, really, really good footballers that didn't make it. What do you think my boys take from that? I'll tell you the answer. No matter how good you are, you're not guaranteed to make it. But you can take a lot from it. They see happy old boys playing football. They see their old man fixed himself and he's still good. It's not always about the millions. It's not always about the limelight. Sometimes it's far from that. You can be your own hero in your own surroundings and not even realise it. Me, number one. You know, you can be so much you don't even realise you already are. And you're trying hard to be something that won't even amount to one one hundredth of what you really, truly are inside. So you've got to understand, like I said, this is what my mixed martial arts, my boxing training coaches and teaches children, not just children, adults as well, because we need reminding from time to time. But we are such great, powerful people in so many different ways. And we need, all need to understand that. I think life batters you down till you feel devalued. Again, I'm a prime example of this. But no one can take your real value. Only you. So please have a look inside yourselves, guys and girls. There's so much beautiful in yourself that we've, we walk past every day and pay no mind to. But life's a bit more important than what you've got in the bank or what you drive or what you wear. You know, if that's what you've become, be careful. That's what I would say. It's not a bad thing. It's not nothing wrong with success, both financially or whatever way you want to look at. But just make sure it ain't just about materials because you've got a very empty life, in my in my humble opinion. But it works different for everyone, doesn't it? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You um, you like talk about your well, actually you. You actually don't. Um, you're like father. Um, yeah. Um, what's your relationship if you do have one with your father? And uh, do you know what? I, I'd be on it. Yeah, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, do you forgive him? Um, I would just love to know. Right. So let me explain this to you because I, 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 I get this a lot from people and like, I hear it a lot and I sometimes look and I think you remind me of me. Like, I was so angry at him. I hated him. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, and especially being mixed race, like, I started to kind of like push away my culture. I didn't push it away, but I, I didn't respect it because he wasn't around. He didn't teach me. It was only as I got older, um, so I turned about 18, and I, I kind of met him and like we had a chat and I said, like, I asked the question, where did you do what you've done? One thing I've always respected him for is he don't lie. He don't tell you it was my mum's fault or it's this fault. He said it was what it was and he explained it. Um, but the point I'm trying to get to is I carried 18 years, well, say, let's say 15 years of hatred, of bile in my stomach 
because of this man. To meet him so many years later and realise that there was no need for it. There really was no need for it. It's like we all make choices in life when we can't be held to them. Like I, I talk to my dad on a respectful level now. He's my dad being my dad, as soon as we started getting on, he met my kids. Um, COVID hit and he's, yeah, me, me I forgot now. I don't like it in England. And he flew straight out to Grenada. He ain't come back. <laughs> so I have a relationship via him on WhatsApp. So a lot of that's to do with his health. Um, a lot of West Indian people relate to this one. We all know DVT. It troubles our community, um, which is a blood disorder. Um, it doesn't really help it in the winter. He's gone back out to Grenada. He's living a cleaner life, better air, better sand, better water, better produce, um, probably prolonging his life. Um, but we have a healthy relationship. We talk. He knows my kids. Um, not all of my family forgive him. Um, I wouldn't say I've ever forgiven him. I never forgive him for walking out on us because, like, I'd be a fool. I, I couldn't walk out on my kids to them, pretend I understand why you didn't weren't there for us. I can't lie and say, yeah, I get you. I, I haven't forgiven you for that. But I've got over it because at the end of the day, he's made the choice that ain't going to change nothing. My advice to anybody, youngsters going through fatherless upbringings and things like that, don't make it the determination of who you become. Don't allow a stereotype and what people say around you with single parent families don't allow that to be true and then it doesn't affect you. Like you can be the same great man without a dad or with a dad. In this day and age, there's more mentors and role models around that you can actually adapt to. My kind of thing was I shut the door like, F you, you're not my dad. I ain't got no dad. I don't answer to you. It's just simple as that. But that attitude was what led to me being the way I was. I was an unruly little boy. I was just unruly. And Luckily for me, I got well, not luckily because it caught up with me in the end. But you know, if my brother would have signed certain things earlier, he would have, he would have dealt with me earlier and I wouldn't have got away with it. Like, as much as I'd like to say my dad being out of my life, he wasn't a good thing, but at the same time, it taught me a lot about being a man. I had to teach myself to be a man, and where I didn't teach myself, my uncles had to step in, my brother stepped in. But I, 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 I just advise no one to carry hatred on their journey because. Hatred is like a cancer. It can be in you all the time and you don't even know it. You feel that like you're in control and you're not. You have a grasp on your life you won't ever understand until you hit rock bottom. And it took for me to be destroyed as a person to realise that all that anger and all that bile manifesting inside me was creating a demonic entity that ain't ever really going to get on in this world like in a nice way. And... I just I, I just urge people to understand if they because sometimes you don't see it tops that like, I never knew it was there until like I started getting asking questions about it and then I started to realize oh wow like I feel like this because of that that happened years ago or you don't realize how you can carry things so easily and it's you see with feelings and thoughts they're so light you can pack the bag to the brim and you can carry it with one finger. It can carry on your eye eyelash, right, or your eyebrow, and you don't even know it. It's so light to carry your emotions and feelings. They have no weight. And they determine the man you are, like, whether you want to admit that or not. Like, a lot of men are very stubborn, and they feel certain things ain't it ain't. It is. If you look deep inside yourself, and I always say the best friend you can have is a mirror. Lie to a mirror. Tell the mirror, look yourself in the eye and tell the mirror that 
that ain't true, and then you start to get some truthful answers. Like the mirror was the saving grace of me. You know, where say mirrors are the ench they're the entrances to different worlds or you know, whatever you believe. But a mirror for me was um a path of facing my biggest adversary, my most dangerous opponent, and that was me. Uh, and I had to kill him. He had to go. Like he had to go very quickly. Uh, I didn't like what I was hearing. Like I'd convinced myself that the ball, you know what, that I was living with was true. Um, and another massive big shout, a big helping hand with my anger and a lot of things. And it was by accident. I didn't even want to do the course. I was working again. Big shout out to BBAO Bromley. So that's Bromley Beacons Academy, Alperton. Um, I spent a lovely three years learning in a behaviour school, how to do things, how not to do things, the right way of doing things. I had the lovely, lovely, um, how can I put it? I was privileged enough to have some good teachers around me as well that I learned from, learned quite a lot from as well. And um, they sat me on a course called iHeart, it's called. Um, if you're ever interested in it, I'd um, hit up Bromley College, um, so BBA, Alperton, so Bromley, Beacons Academy, Alperton or Bromley Beacons Academy, Brom Bromley. There's a young lady called Rani. She can give you the, all the information on it. And all it is is a course of putting things into perspective. A lot of the people I was on in the course are like, oh, I don't need to know this. I knew all this already. And okay, but you don't practice none of them. And it was kind of like a, one of the biggest things I learned off of there is stop treating yourself as a jar. I was like, what kind of nonsense are you talking? Do I look like a jati? And the woman explained it, Ruth, her name was. She explained it brilliantly. We as human beings go around putting labels on ourselves and titles on ourselves. It's almost like we're selling ourselves daily. The only thing you put labels on is packaging. I ain't no packet of soup. I'm not no, no, no tub of jam. I'm not no tub of paint. What am I putting a label on myself for? A human being can be a million things in a second. So why restrict yourself to one label? And it was just little things along those sort of ways of thinking that got me my head spinning. It got me, you know, it got me really thinking. And then I went on to take music therapy, funny enough, at the school, because like, they were like, wow, you're such a, well, you know, you've got certain issues that we need to talk about. And like, so I went to music therapy. Rebecca, she was brilliant. Um, she used her therapy skills and therapy is really really good um, really good because you talk and they just listen they don't tell you what to do they don't give you advice they just they tell you stories like to, and she she done a really good job like it's not finished I know there's other therapy I need to visit and maybe iron out a few things in myself as a person but never underestimate the power of psychology and therapy because just talking and I often say it don't tell me you talk to your friends and your family. It's different. Yeah, you'll tell them what they want to hear. Talk to a stranger that don't know you. A platform like this, it's nice to let off some of this steam because like just hearing some of the comments back, yes, you're going to get positive, but you're also going to get negative. But, you know, like it's big love when you hear certain things coming back for something I've held as a burden all my life. To hear such respect and appreciation coming back at you. Like my phone's dinging off like crazy. Um... And I'll probably have a few shot people in the morning. I'll be like, oh, I didn't know you went through that. Like when I tell my story fully, people are like, wow, we thought you was just some spoiled kid that lived in Bromley. And you, you, we thought you were this. And we thought you, there's a lot you don't know about people until you look deeper into their lives. But 
that course for me, I heart. It's called Anybody Can Sit It. You just look it up online. These guys are probably better than me. I heart. I, capital I with heart. Um, you can sit it in different doses as well. So, like, you can do it in stages and phases. But it's a big eye-opener to how quick you can become a media product or not so much media, a marketing product. Like, we're, we're I'm not into conspiracies. I don't believe in them. A conspiracy can only be a conspiracy once they put a label on it. But I am into the truth. I am into certain things and I understand certain things. And courses like that just put things into perspective, how quick, like I said, it was the first place to teach me to put your pride aside. I've always grown up and been told, ah, your pride is everything and you put that down first. Yeah, and your pride is exactly why you won't go nowhere in life because you're prepared. You're not prepared to do anything outside of your normal expectation. Because your pride won't allow you to do, your pride will stop you talking to a certain person. Your pride can stop you being a certain way. Pride is the biggest part of racism and all the isms out there because you're proud and you believe in what you believe in. You're too belligerent and ignorant to educate yourself and see where it is you're going wrong. And that anger, um, I'm a great believer. Again, I don't, sorry, I'm not looking for a debate or an argument or anything like that. It's just my opinions and opinions are like bums. Everyone's got one. But when I say to you about things like pride and things like that, what we've got to realise is that a lot of like these isms and these words don't actually exist unless we make them real. Like racism is just hatred. Sexism is hatred. All of these isms are just hatred manifesting inside of you and venting through a word. Yeah, you, It's not possible to like, dislike somebody because of the colour of the skin. If you actually check your history and work out where that come from. It come from bad teaching. It didn't come from no baby walks up and said, I don't like a black man or a pink man or a green man or a blue man. A baby's a baby. They're innocent. They have to be taught that. And it's not just it's the same with sexism. It's the same with any ism. It's a, it's, it's a bad teaching around you that you need to stop and quell very quickly. You know, I've spoke to many so-called racist people. And when you actually educate them they don't realize how sick they are and if you're that petulant that you're going to hate and then again let's not talk about racism and let's just talk any ism if you're that petulant and sick the best way i can put it is you're sick in your mind in a certain degree that you're going to wake up and make that one thing be everything you are then unfortunately young young gun no one's told you the truth like you don't know what you can be you're too busy in a bitter playing field or in a nasty place to ever, ever see the true light that's standing in front of you. So I won't uh, allow someone racially abusing me. I'll smile in your face. You call me a black bastard, I'll be one even more. If you call me any other name under the sun, do you know what I'll do? I'll do it more. I'll do it more because it's what you fear and you need to learn to conquer your fears. I don't need to learn nothing. I am me. And if you don't like me, that's a you problem. That's not my problem. And it's just how it is. I think a lot of young black boys, young, young black men out there, young white men, young white boys as well. Same goes for every race, creed and culture. Instead of worrying about such little things, have you ever wondered if we wasn't so divided, how powerful we actually are? Because I know there's things we use in the Roman Catholic system that they stole from the Egyptians. We use things from Genghis Khan times. Everything we, we are applying as our own is somebody else's we've taken. So to have all this hatred and all this, this behaviour towards certain things, it doesn't make no sense. 
it really doesn't like you're you're your own person like people that have problems with gay people and things like that. listen look i haven't got no problem with nobody so long as whatever it is you're into and i don't particularly agree to don't push it on me other than that we're cool like we can get along just like everybody else but if you believe something especially religions as well pretty much similar because they segregate us yeah, no one's saying that a Muslim can't be a Muslim or a Catholic can't be a Catholic, but the issue I have with it is we stop talking. Your belief shouldn't be the nullifying of you learning, and you can only learn so much from in your own circle. You have to learn from others. The faiths will tell you this. They've learned from each other. you know. So I just think like all of these labels, going back to I Heart's brilliant teaching, start putting labels on yourself and you start restricting your true potential. Yeah? Start yeah. nullifying who you're going to speak to and who you're going to accept. And if you want to be a millionaire, you could have been 10 times the millionaire you were. You've just wiped out half of your um, clientele by being a certain way. Like, there's only one ism that matters, and it ain't none of the ones they tell us. Like, that's that I'll let you work it out yourself. Um, <laughs> but there is a, there's, a, there's a lot in the world right about now, and people are scared to be themselves. People are scared to speak up. People are scared to say, like, you're only scared to say something because what you're saying is just offensive and controversial. You should be able to, and if it's offensive and controversial and you can't say in the open, that tells you all you need to know. If you can only say that in your crowd, should you be saying it? So don't stand up like you're some do-gooder and print, like, high almighty. If you're a certain way inclined, like, you've got to be real with yourself then, isn't it? But it's like, it's like everything. This is just my views and opinions. I don't want to argue with anybody about it. It's just generally what I believe. I respect everybody. I, re I respect cat, dog, fish, bird, whatever. Man, girl, baby. Everybody deserves respect. Everything deserves respect. If it wasn't created by you, just respect it. Because whoever created it's more powerful than you. And always will be. Well, so, I mean, yeah. well, that's amazing. I mean, um, I'm... I'm kind of conscious of of the time. I'm killing your time, in No, no, you know what? You know what? Yeah. Listen, I am loving this. I, I mean, like, I wish I started yeah. this show a lot earlier. Um, yeah. there's, there's like so many things I want to literally break break you down. Coulda, coulda, woulda, because you could have started it earlier and missed out, and this caught you on a different vibe. So you know, things happen for a reason. See, mm. they always happen for a reason. You know. And I think, um, like I said, I'm just conscious I'm taking up all your viewing time. Oh, so. no, no, it's absolutely fine. I mean, um, there's, um, I'd say, a, um, a, a couple more questions that I, that I would love yep. to ask. And um, one is, what's the what's the biggest lie that you've told? And uh, what was the, con the consequence? The biggest lie that I told? Yeah, and um, the consequence of that lie. All of what I discussed with you earlier, yeah? This might even be news to my family. It's weird. Uh, I was driving to football one day. We was playing ten and B, <laughs> ten and B down at um, it was Riddles Down School in Selsden, away game. And like my mum had heard through the grapevine, she's a very popular woman. You couldn't. I lied to her every day, thinking she didn't know. She knew. And like for the first time, she sat me down and she said, "Ivan, I hear you're um, smoking." And I said, "I don't smoke fags. You crazy, mum? She said, "Don't be stupid." I know you know what I'm talking about. Like, I heard you smoking weed. Is this true? And you know what, Tobbs, it wrenches my heart. I looked the woman in the face and flat out lied and told her I didn't. But you see that moment there? That was about a good couple of months before everything kicked off and went mad. 
You see, if I told my mum the truth that day, how different things could have been. So I'd never know the consequence because I never told the truth. I've always got to guess what it could have been. I know the, the big lady herself would have somehow managed to find a way. She might have called in the big dapper Don Irv and made him deal with me a bit earlier. I don't know. But like I lied in her face. Like, and I just shouldn't have lied. For two reasons. Like, I knew she knew. That was the worst part about it. And funny enough, so many days later, she went through my room and found it in the drawer and poured it all down the sink. I was fuming. I was fuming. Poured it down the toilet and flushed it. It was worth about 150 quid to me. I wasn't too impressed and I had to go and pay that money back to somebody. But that day could have changed a lot. Just being open. Like we, 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 I was scared to let her down. I was supposed to change my family's life. And she had raved about me to everybody and I just made her look stupid when she's walking around telling me Ivan's this great thing and they're looking at her like, you do not know your son's in Betts Park smoking weed every day when he should be at school. And it was just that one opportunity. A stupid little lie led to probably 12 years of suffering. It's as simple as that. And it really was. I just spoke to her that day. Life would have been a lot different. She had a wonderful touch. She had a wonderful way. She would have changed it. She would have done something. She wouldn't have let her. Because I didn't tell her the truth. And do you know what was worse about it? I sat in her face and reassured her that it's all lies. These people have always wanted to see me down, mum. They're just jealous. That's I, I, I filled her with cock and bull. Rubbish. Load of nonsense. And it was, like I say, 12 years of suffering for a lie you told. You should have just told the truth when you had the opportunity. But I'm not going to ever stand here and tell you anybody it was anybody else's fault other than mine. I was the ignorant one. I was the stubborn one. I was the belligerent one. I was the the narcissist. I was the egomaniac. I was the the big I am, big Ivan. No one can do nothing to me, and no one can tell me nothing. That's it was all me. It was all me. I, I you point your finger. I always remember when you're pointing fingers in life, there are three pointing back at you. One goes out, three go in. The three going in are the three reasons or the three things you could have done to stop the one going out. So just remember when you're pointing finger in life, look at the three coming back and they're the three that can help you, not the one going out. So that would be my biggest, biggest regret and lie I told. And I had the opportunity to stop everything. And pride, again, pride stopped me from changing my life. But yeah. Seagas, this season, I believe you guys are unbeaten in the league. Um, we played you guys at your ground and, uh, and it's yep. a very harsh lesson. Um, what's what's changed? What's what's clicked this season for, for Seagas? Um, do, do you want a simple answer? There's never enough <laughs> wrong down there. It just took. Mm. It took for the right characters to click together at the right time. Like I played them years ago with Crawford. They were always the same difficult Seagas. They've always been a good side. Yeah, I think it's just timing. I mean, I'm not saying me signing for them. I don't believe that for one second because they beat teams I played for against them. So me signing, Eli signing, Dan Little signing wasn't the difference. Tony up front wasn't the difference. I think when you're baking a cake or you're cooking the best pie, 
or you're cooking a nice bit of jerk chicken. It can't be done overnight. You've got to take your time to marinate it. Season it first, marinate it. The marination is the most important part. Can we keep it together? Can we keep it going? And then when you see that you can keep it together and you can keep it going and you realise the right time to put it in the oven, then it starts to cook lovely. But we're under no illusion. Like, as you saw, we got a humble in on Saturday. That hurt deeply. Um, but again, I'm not going to take nothing away from old Pepe's. Um, but I, I am going to say it out is they didn't play us. They played a very cocksure, arrogant, um, ignorant. I, I'll be honest with you, you you'll know because you were one of the ones. It was exactly the same as when Independence played VCD and you guys knocked us out the cup. A bunch of cocksure boys walking onto the pitch thinking that this job is done. We even had one of our better players on the day turn around and say, I ain't even coming today. Told us on the day. Mm. And that bit us in the bum. Like, full credit to them, though. They're very, easiest way of explaining, very independent-esque. Um, they got all the banter on the sidelines. Um, their manager needs to learn a bit better banter, though, because he's a bit of a clown, like, in all due honesty. Like, he's going to let them boys down. Like, I didn't want to shake his hand after the game. Like, his banter wasn't banter. It was just trying to embarrass people. So I refused to shake his hand. And then it's, I won't say what happened. He can talk about it. But, like, you're going to get them boys in a lot of trouble. Like, you, you should stop that and just celebrate the greatness of your team. They were immense. Man for man. From the subs, subs bench, I wouldn't even, when it's like that, I wouldn't even talk about no one else. You know, I'd rave about my boys. They were a very powerful. I can see them. They're going to be a force. They're uh, quite yeah. young. From looking at them, they're quite young as well. They very, are going to be a force. They're powerful. Very individual. Yeah. I think they're in Division 5. I think four, yeah. Yeah, low, low, low division. We just didn't see it coming. That hand up Mona Lisa skirt. Everyone wonders what the rice smile for. We found out on Saturday. They're a force, let me tell you. I think the league needs to make a conscious decision. Don't waste your time making them wait. They, they, all you're going to do is lose loads of teams that are going to get hammered by them. Maybe skip them up another league. Don't let them go to the next one up. Skip them up one more. They're playing well below their level. Now, if you ever have the privilege of playing them, I'm warning you all now, you've got a game on your hands. Like their game. Their game. Their game bred. Trust me, the good side as well. Good, good side. But again, they didn't play us. No, I'm not making excuses. Credit where credit's due. They turned up on the day and they'd done the business. I think we were just cocky, arrogant, um, I'd say they're pretty similar to Korea, similar sort of team. A little bit more pace up front, though. They they put four high and they just go at you, and it's a hard task, hard hard task. They've got some good wingers, good striker, powerful boys as well. But um, yeah, don't sleep on them boys. Some of you might come up against them, and they can do not sleep on them boys. Nothing to give them with them. Um. I can't I just full respect to them, take my hat off to them. They've done very well. Um, we went home very salty. Like, I, I, I was vexed after the game. Like, I didn't even have a pint in the bar. Like, my boys were misbehaving on the sidelines as well. Boys being boys fighting each other. I just thought, you know, it's that kind of um, humbling. I just took my things and went home. Um, but speaker Seagas was changed. Nothing. They're just a brilliant, like I said to you like last year, I make no bones. I get a lot of offers to go other places. Like there's a reason I haven't left them. But it's it's not just the football. Like it, it's it's pretty much sound similar to how you guys are. Um, both at Catford, 
similar to the independent, the London South lot. There's just a band of brothers. They're really close. Like, they don't know, a lot of them don't know me from Adam and they've just taken me under their wing. They've adopted me, given me the platform to do what I'm doing on. Like, I can't, I just think they're brilliant, mate. Like, honestly, I just, they, I was done in football. I didn't want to play anymore. After my last last season with New Park, a lot got said. There was things I noticed that just kept on happening and it wasn't, it was the people around me. Like I'm not saying New Park are a bad team, far from. There's a lovely bunch of boys there where it just didn't click for me. And where I was forcing that issue, it was just an unhealthy relationship. Like I joined Blackheath. I went and watched a friendly again, funny enough, against Santos and the game got cancelled. I said I was never going to play again, joined in. And look, I've um, I've done a couple of games with them. They folded. Seagas were playing at the ground we were at, so we naturally just transitioned over. And yeah, I wasn't like I said, I was only going to finish the year. But these boys, um, they got me playing again. Like I, I enjoy my football. Like a lot, a lot of people in this league know. Like all of those strikers and the managers that run their mouth about me as a player. Be careful, man. You've been marked out of the game by a striker. I'm not a centre back. Never have been. <laughs> like, I've never have been. I've become a centre-back at Vets Football because I had pace, apparently. I don't know. I don't know what people see in me as a centre-back, but I've now become a centre-back. So, yeah. It'd be tough. Um, no, honestly, like that that little caption that just come up there, like, he knows. Like, I love the LSU boys. I think they're brilliant. But like, it's not a personal thing. It's a timing thing. Is I'm a very low guy. Like I had an opportunity when I was young. Um, I used to play for, like I said, Selston Junior, and I had the opportunity to join Ten and B. Um, it was the year Sean Wright Phillips had signed his professional at Man City. Remember, my god uncle started that club, Ten and B, a massive club in South East London. Um, I should have gone to them. Yeah, I just should have gone there. And if I went there again, things would have been different. My manager is brilliant at winning things, but. I don't want to speak ill of him because he wasn't a bad man, but like there was an agenda with him. Like you wasn't really out for the best for me. You was out for the best what you could get from me, which like one of the reasons I don't know if it's true. He ended up coming out of Sunday football and into Sutton youth team. But part of the deal was he brings me with him or it's a no go. And like when I started to hear things like that, like I also heard through other players and I won't mention the other, I don't want to cause an argument, but like he was one of the reasons why I didn't get kept on at Fulham. Like he had the opportunity through me and a striker he had had for a year or two years. All he had to do is, I wouldn't say tell a white lie, but he, he just had to tell the truth. Like Ivan is one outstanding, take him. If you turn him down, you're a fool. But because he had an agenda, he pushed through this other striker. Again, I'm not going to mention his names because he was a good friend of mine. Still still is. If I ever see him, nothing's changed. He's a lovely boy. Um, but you got his contract, you got his trial extended and you couldn't do that for me. And everything I'd done for you in the six years I'd play for you. Like I said, we went to, we went to tournament, we went to Amsterdam and got to the finals and done really well in the Nat Barony tournament. We ended up losing into Nat Barony themselves. Like, there were a lot of things that happened. Like, we done very well. We played Ajax. Um, like we, we achieved a lot, and I feel you could have given me back a little bit. But you didn't. End of. But, just like I say, you you, you, always, you can't look at cry over spilt milk. You can only, you know, I, I wouldn't change it because I've become a really good coach. 
like, I love my coaching. I absolutely adore coaching. Like, if I can steer, like I said to you, two out of a hundred players away from the away from the fate I shared, then I die a very, very happy man. Even if I can't, if I can just keep a hundred players happy and enjoying their experience of Sunday football, again I die a very happy man. And a massive shout out to VCD under 14s, my team, my son's team. Um, I'd be careful with what I say because we were calling on <laughs> everyone. We're, we're undefeated, sitting top of the C League. Should be playing up a league or two, but listen, we can only beat what's in front of us. But it's the football, the philosophy, love the ball. Um, they play it to a T. Um, it's not about high press. It's not like about being a fake Barcelona. It's just about being happy and passionate on the pitch. Love what you do. Love the ball. The ball is like family. If you let it go, you fight to get it back. If you lose it, you don't stop until you get it back. Makes sense. And they they are the epitome of my philosophy and they are amazing. I mean, big shout out to my son today, Scott, from his own half. He, he, he's honest. He's like, I didn't mean it, Dad. I pinged my groin, so I just hit it as hard as I could and he's loved the keeper from the centre circle. Um, got a brilliant striker, Adam Love, plays in my team. I can name off the whole squad, really. Um, look out for these kids. They're bloody good. They're really good and they're taught the right way as well. They play proper football. They're good boys. And big shout out to the Selkent League as well for providing the platform. So, yeah. Uh, you like, have uh, a TikTok account for your business. It's time yes, to start promoting. Uh, what's your TikTok hand, um, hand handle? And where can people find it? I'm embarrassed. Um, it's all shades of everything we do is under all shades of life. So all shades of life. Um, we've got Instagram, so it'll all be under the same title in YouTube channel, um, TikTok. We've got Facebook. We've got that all. Um, big thanks to Big T. He's helped us out with a lot of good advice. We're going to take it up as from this week. Start utilising it a bit better. Um, but all shades of life, all we are is a local community, how can I put it, a community enterprise in Kent. Again, shame I couldn't do it where, where I grew up, Sydenham, it's, it's on my account, it's on my list to do, Sydenham, Broccoli, Lewisham, but um, what we try and do is we're trying to give the community our voice, so we've set up um, Stepping on Clouds football programme, so all the Stepping on Clouds football programme is don't come down there and put pressure on yourself. It's just about touches on the ball you wouldn't have had, an extra hour's football to smile, enjoy yourself, express yourself. Get any mistakes out of your system on a Friday night so you don't take them in on a Sunday. All the advice through the coaches, like I said, big up to Keen Wood because he's one of them. Lots of good advice. Tommy, my goalkeeping coach, coming through. Lots of good advice around you where you can end up, um, if you listen to it, could end up utilising a really good performance on Sunday for you. Um, the mixed martial arts programme, a bit different. We've just, um, we're about 10 months into running the gym now. It's not a gym, it's a community fitness centre. The difference being is gyms are full of egos and testosterone and community centre, fitness centre is full of love and passion for what we do. Um, it's all about teaching the kids um, self-value, self-worth, independence. Massive for me because too many of these youngsters are big in their group but little on their own. I want them to be big on their own and little in their group because as the saying always, gun is the loudest in the room is the smallest or the weakest. I'm trying to teach these kids that basically numbers are just numbers. Timing is just timing. 
anything you do in life, if you put in the work and the effort, if you keep on playing your trade in the right way, it will change and it will change very quickly. Um, so we just teach them basic self-defence um, from mixed martial arts self-defence. Now um, we're predominantly boxing at the minute, teaching them how to use their hands, but there's always your safety aspect, as in if you get attacked. My advice to anyone attacked with a knife, listen, I've seen all these seminars out there and all these people teaching craft maga, big respect to it, but listen, someone pulls a knife out and you run. Don't care what your friends think or what Facebook think, run. Yeah, because at least your mum will see you in the morning. There's no defence for a knife. If you're lucky and you your back's against the wall, there are a few tricks you could use, might get you out of it, but it don't work like in the movies. Yeah, When someone pulls out a knife, get your team out of there quick, run. There's no... If anybody's ashamed of that, anybody wants to go out on their shield, well, I'll teach you something about going out on your shield. Going out on your shield, you'll die in that battle. Picking up your shield and preserving yourself, you can come back for the war. I'll let you decide which one you want to do. But there's this macho bravado thing around, especially in boxing. It's very good for it. Um, go out on your shield. All of these fighters out there going out on your shield, remember how boxing began, yeah? Because it, it began through slavery. And it was slaves fighting each other for the death. That's where the going out on your shield comes from. My ancestors fought for me to stand here proud and equal so I don't have to go out on my shield. Yeah, so all of you with that bravado and that ego, I'd rather not see anyone go out on the shield. I'd rather pick a man up, dust him off, rebuild him and let him fight again. And that's not just in boxing, that's not just in fighting, that's in anything. You don't go out on your shield. Yeah, them times are done. That done with King Henry VIII and the rest of them scandals that are starting wars and people dying left, right and centre for nothing. Yeah, the, the, the truth be told is there's always the battle and there's always the war. Decide which one you want to win because you can't win them all. So you want to fight a knife, good luck to you. But please don't attempt it. If you can run, you run. If you can fight, ask for help, ask for help. Whatever it is you do, don't be too brave. Just don't be too brave, because bravery never got anybody anywhere other than killed and in the history books. Yeah, This is the most important thing in the world, in this universe, this thing inside your head called a brain. I don't care if you've got muscles. I don't care how big you are. We can all drop, yeah? If your brain's weak, you're weak. And it's just simple as that. You bring whatever muscles you want to bring to the table, whatever fighting style you want. My brain's strong. And if I, my brain's strong, I'll beat you. I'll defeat your style and I'll win. And it's just as simple as that. But again, know the fights. Pick your battles. Because you don't always have to go to war to get a point across. Sometimes silence is the best way of getting your point across. Sometimes humility is the most ideal way of getting your point across. Because when somebody's coming at you angry, if you let them talk for long enough, the world will see who they are. You keep on replying to it, and I was always taught from young, that be careful what you hate because you might become it. And I say this in, in jest because you look at my family in general, my mum, she grew up um, Irish-English lady. Um, some of their family had very prejudiced views. But the irony of it is all of your daughters married black men. All of your grandchildren are mixed race. The one person that carried the, the my mum's family name on as doesn't like the family and changed his surname. So your family has become everything you hated. So just be careful when you this is why I don't deal with visitors, because if you hate something enough, you won't you'll be so blind you won't even see yourself becoming it.
and it's sad. Like that's why I say to you, hatred is a very poisonous thing, and just just put it aside. Put it aside. Not worth it. And um, I'd say my final question to you: If you could have one conversation with your mum, if your mum walked in right now, and you could have one one conversation with what what would you say to your mum? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She just she didn't get to see where I am at now. She hasn't seen the things I've achieved now. But the conversation I'd like to start with, I'm sorry. And thank you. Just for being you. That you never got to see the best part of me. So I wouldn't even like on a conversation. I'd just like to say sorry and thank you. Thank you for not letting me quit. So many kids rely on me right now. So many people rely on me right now. It's all because of the love and grace that you allowed me to survive. Could have disowned me. Like a lot of people in their families have done what I've done in the past. They get disowned. Like she just made me feel a million pounds. And I'd just like to say, firstly, sorry. Uh, secondly, thank you. And thirdly, I love you and I'll see you soon. Not a lot more to be said because I'm sure she's cynical. But sorry, thank you, and I love you. I come for that cup of tea when I'm ready. But, yeah. But, oh. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Like I said, I'm doing, I'm doing my due diligence now. So when the big man calls my number, I'm going to sit on them scales and I'm going to weigh the same as that feather and I'm going to see the big lady in the fields of gold. No, it ain't stopping me. Yeah, so all of you that want to banter me, all of you that want to give me a hard time, let me tell you something, you're not going to stop me from where I'm going. Yeah, so you keep hating. Remember what I've said today? Yeah, come up with some love and a passion and maybe one day you'll be where I'm at. But no one ain't stopping me going where I'm at. There's no ATMs in, no cash machines in coffins. There's no banks in heaven. So just make sure you weigh even as well. Yeah, because that feather's hard to weigh up to. And all you got to do is balance even and St. Peter will open them gates for you. Yeah, but there's a reward for being genuine. There's a reward for being kind. There's a reward for being loving. There's rewards that you're not going to see in this time, but trust me, they're worth waiting for. Yeah. But everyone always say you're too nice, I've you're too yeah, but you know what? I don't want to be anything else anymore. I've been angry. I've been all the other negative things. I just want to be passionate, full of love and joy, trustworthy, honest, diligent. Anything outside of that I get is a bonus. But you know, my time's done. That my time is done. My time now is to help others. My time now is to guide in the right way. My time now is to just to make sure that any little me's I come across, I stop immediately. Yeah, I'll, I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with your parents. I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you if I have to, but I'll fight. I will fight to make sure you don't go on the journey I did. I will fight, and the kids know it as well. I'm about what I said. Yeah, and if I told you you'll be great one day, stick with me because I'm going to deliver on that. I will deliver on that 100%. So, yeah, 
That's the conversation I'd love to have. God bless, man. Evan, thank you so much for sharing. And uh, no, thank you. Let me just read out thank a few. You. Uh, Kelly said, "What a story! You, you like said it all. These these kids under you, I, I idolize you. Your mum would be so proud. All shares of um, all the shares of family forever." Um, um, I just hope she's seen it all, man. I'm sure she has, but if she hasn't, the world has. And you you, you got to understand, boys. Like I said, I've set the challenge for you, T and Nana. Come and see us, see what we're doing. It's, it's only love. Don't fear it. Don't fear it. You'll walk away and you know, you'll get it all. It'll make perfect sense to you. I'm not teaching nothing fabulous. I'm not teaching nothing tricky. I'm not teaching nothing out there. I'm just showing you what you are and who you are. And all of this comes from the great Irv, Irvin Daniel, mate. What a man. What a man. Hopefully you don't go through the fires. He's not really doing that himself. He's a grandfather now. So. But what an immense, immense character. I'm blessed to have him, like I said, along with mum. He's he's the king of the head household now. Whether people can accept that or not, we know how um, lineage works. When mum passes or father passes, the eldest son takes. We got one, one strong king. We got one strong king. He's a brilliant man. And trust me, honestly, I'm a very ignorant, stubborn person, as most of you know, but if he managed to use this to get through to me, this can fix anybody. And I'm not the worst out there, but I'm far from the best. And like I said, there's anybody that hasn't. It's a shame right about now. The only kids I can work with are in Kent because of our funding policies and things. But the whole idea is to franchise, grow a bit bigger and reach out there to anybody that is doing something similar, ever struggling. If you're in the youth youth sector and things like that, if there's anything we can do at All Shades of Life, a cup of tea and a chat, similar to what Big T has offered me, because like I said, um, let's not play down um, the skills of this man in the opposite screen. All of the kind things said to me, that you've given a lot of people their own platform this year to be heard. And this is one thing I'll hold. I'm reading comments coming through now, reaching people I didn't even realise would be on here today. And that's thanks to you, my brother. And I know what you've been going through over the last couple of weeks. But like I said to you and Nana, that arm is built to carry a light. Yeah, and that arm's definitely strong enough to carry that light. So you keep carrying that light and get the get as many of your people out of the tunnel as possible. When we see the world for the beauty it is, then you'll have a load of you behind you. But I think this platform is brilliant. What you're doing here is brilliant. And my thanks, my massive thanks, like I said, to help me get this story out there, to help me be proud of myself again. Like, didn't realize until recently with Refocus Group, when we work with them, like, telling my story, I always thought it was something you should be ashamed of. Like, like who's going to be proud of somebody that turned to drugs? Who's going to be proud of somebody that was involved in gangs and crime and lots of bad things I, I don't need to discuss because I, I don't want to glamorise it. There's nothing glamorous around it. Anybody on this road, man, thing, please do yourself a favour. Earn what you've got to earn and get the hell away from it as quick as possible because if you can earn all those millions on road, yeah, do you know what you could do in the industry? Any industry. Yeah, anybody that thinks that shotting is a way forward. Listen, if you're prepared to put in them hard hours in the dangerous situations you're prepared to put yourself in, just imagine if you sat through a plumbing degree or a college pass or, or for electricians. What do you think you'd earn then? 
no one can rob that from your bank. No one can take that away from you and take your dignity and lock you up in a cell. That's all yours. That's your kids. That's everything to enjoy. I think sometimes I don't blame and I don't judge people that do certain things. But what I do is I, I send out a message of caution. Yeah? It don't ever end well for anybody. And the ones it does, if it don't hit them, it will hit someone they love. There's, there's laws of average. Yin and yang is for a reason. It goes back thousands of years. And that's not by luck. Yeah? The fifth, if we ever understood what yin and yang is, it's two fish consuming each other. They're fighting for one to become dominant. Hence why you have a black dot and a white dot on the opposite side. Because where the fish were trying to eat each other, the eyes switched places. And what they come to realize is no one's going to win this war or this battle. We can't actually survive without each other. So with good, you have to have bad. With bad, you have to have good. Don't ever think you're going to fix the world or fix anything and change anything. There's going to be bad everywhere you go, but just make sure you understand good will match it 50%. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, there's reasons for things. There's laws of things we don't even understand. Yeah, but they're there in place for a reason. And if you think you're bigger than them, good luck to you. What I will say to you is maybe embrace life a bit more. Yeah, maybe go and see things because uh, everyone's living at a hundred mile per hour. If I drove to, if I drove to Devon when I was travelling down at a hundred mile per hour, I'd have never have taken in the journey. Castle Carey, the bits in between, like the bits of the world that you didn't know existed. When you're going on a journey in life, got a steady pace where you can actually receive and take in your teachings understand where it is you're passing yeah just because you're going past that it doesn't mean that that won't become significant you can learn from a tree as you can learn from a bush you can learn from a bush what you can learn from a car you can learn from a fish what you learn from a bear you can learn from a bear what you learn from a lion nothing has any more importance if it breathes it lives it's just as important as the next thing and if you can respect that and you can live like that trust me you'd stop plunging knives into kids' stomachs and necks and doing the f that these kids are doing to each other. The whole point you're willing to take a life is because you have no respect for life in the first place. And I'm not judging you. I'm reaching out to you. Yeah, because that has to stop. I don't want to see not one more mum. And I know I'm going to have to cry a million times. I'm going to have to shout a thousand times. I do not want to see one more mum burying their son. I don't want to see one more mum burying their daughter. I don't want to see one more brother mourn their, their sibling. Because if you just hug it out and see that things ain't that bad, you'll start to understand that there's a better way. Conflict, conflict resolution doesn't have to be violence. It doesn't have to be violence. And look at yourself before you pick up that knife and go and plunge that into somebody. Because there could have been 10 things you could have done before you plunged that knife in there. You know, to take a life isn't cool. You know, to, 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 to take somebody's soul, no, you're going to have to answer to that one day. And all these bad men out there that have done there and been that life, they'll tell you the bits you want to see, but maybe we should see them in the cell when they're crying because they don't understand why they did what they did, but they had to do it. When we see them in their cell without their, their freedom and their liberty, <laughs> see how much you're worth when you're sitting in a grey cell or a magnolia cell yeah see how much you can build your soul and your procreation around negative people around people that helped get you to where you are 
because all of you boys out there and all of these roadmen and all of these things out there, do you know what? I respect you the same as I respect anybody else. I just wish you had the respect that I have for you. It's not because you're a bad man I respect you. It's because of what I see you go through to get up in the morning and find power and strength to do something. But if you think that knife empowers you, that gun empowers you, let me tell you something, my brother. You were a lot stronger when you didn't have it in your hand. Yeah, so if you can stop and you can build a life rather than tear one to pieces, that's what makes a real man. Yeah, until you put down that knife and you put down that gun, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say it without offence and without meaning to offend you, but you ain't really a man. As harsh as that sounds, there are many reasons you might want to pick one up and have to to defend yourself. However, if you're going out there looking badness on people, if you want to be a man, put down that knife and gun and work out a life where you don't have to have one. Yeah, but you don't. It's not the way forward. It's not. Yeah, it's nothing but archaic, barbaric, and it just doesn't need to be happening. Yeah, if you're really angry and you're really bitter, get in a boxing ring and get paid tens of thousands of pounds for it. Go and fight in the UFC and become a global star. But you picking up a knife, ain't it? all them boys that are rating you and writing rap tunes about you, what they're paying your mum's bills. They're looking after your brother and sister when their big brother ain't around. Yeah? When when bad things happen, are they fixing things for you when you're in jail? Because unless they are, they ain't worth it. And even if they are, trust me, they're getting more from this than you. Yeah, but there's so much power in all of our communities. There's so much power. And if we stop dividing each other with these isms and schisms and we start to listen and respect each other, you'll see the power I'm talking about. When white can stand with black and black can stand with Chinese and Chinese can stand with Muslim and Muslim can stand with Catholic, we have millions of voices that can make changes. You know, I don't need to educate you on what the Million Man March done. Yeah. You won't have one of them again. You know why, Tubbs? Because we end up fighting. We'll get a million people together and end up fighting over ice cream. Yeah, put your belligerence and ignorance aside and take some energy from your ancestors. Tucson Louverture, a very powerful, powerful person with his wife. Yeah, no, no, what's Wilberforce stop no slavery? Yeah, that started in the Haitian Revolution. No Wilberforce. Wilberforce signed a document to help it get stopped, but it took for many powerful people to stand together and fight against these things. I don't need to go into the Irish famine and the slavery they were put through. They got through it together, standing up for each other. All we're doing right about now is we're dividing and then the powers that be are conquering. That's all that's happening, because if I segregate your voice and I dissect it, no one will hear it. Put it together, get, get a million people to say the same thing and see how quick they have to act. And that's not me telling you all to go out there and cause trouble, because you know what? More, more was sold through a silent mouth and a powerful mind than it was a big mouth and a weak mind. Yeah? Throw your hands all you like, but they ain't ever going to solve anything. All that's going to do is tell people, I told you so. Yeah? But you come with a different angle and you use the most powerful muscle in your body. Yeah? And you use the mouth for the right reasons. Say the right things at the right time, with the right amount of people around you saying it, then we'll have a change. Then we'll have a change, yeah? But all of these, you know, big respect to um, Black Lives Matter, all of these things here, but again, sometimes it's part of the problem with dividing each other, yeah? It's every life matters, all shades of life. That's why we're the way we are, because I know there's things I need to learn off of other 
other people, other eth ethnicities, other demographics, uh, whatever way you look at it, I'm only going to learn from different. All I'm going to learn from my own people is my, what I know already. And that breeds ignorance. Progression is about the whole, whole meal. To the knife, the fork, the pudding, to the dressing on the table and the candles that made it sexy. Whatever it is, it's about the whole thing. And if you're only in one bubble, you're only learning one thing. And the biggest way to de defeat your enemy is to, to break bread with him, to understand him. Yeah, learn the Japanese art of war. And the Chinese art of war, two different things and they're different ways of putting it. But trust me, they make perfect sense. Because you know nothing. If you know, if you don't know nothing about your enemy, you know nothing about yourself. Yeah, because your enemy will teach you all your weaknesses. That's my philosophy done. <laughs> wow. Ivan, honestly, thank you. Thank you so much for like coming on and and sharing sharing your story and and uh, just being an inspiration. We've we've um, spoken outside of football. got mad mad respect for you I, I respect you guys I wouldn't even waste my time if I didn't have listen it's you put up the platform for me to speak so my respect comes first um, some of the kind words sucks and them words there's, there's people I've, I've just met through a freaking internet screen that have changed my perception of how I look at things uh, without these platforms and these networks and without people talking it, the education can't begin I've listened to you, boys. So you're saying thank you, Ivan. Well, thank you for making me who I am and helping me mould the person I'm moulding because it's only through listening I can be this way. Another, no other skill I have, I just listen. Um, so like I said, big respect to yourself. Big respect to Nana. I mean, am I missing anybody? I'm sure I am. And if I've missed you, my mm -hmm. biggest apologies. Because every one of your 0.8% that you put into what we do makes 100% eventually. So without you, I'm just a voice. I'm just another big idiot talking the sub story. Yeah, but you know, I didn't tell you my story today for you to, to feel sorry for me. I didn't. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm a very lucky man. I'm a very blessed man as well. Like blessed by the highest, by the highest. So don't feel sorry for me. You know, just understand if you're not going to learn nothing from it, then it was quite pointless you listening. Yeah, but like I said, big love to everybody out there that tunes in. Please get behind the amateur footballer. Um, is it extra time penalty show? Uh, um, plug on, plug on, because I've got my people on there. Plug on, <laughs> plug on, because I tell them how good it is. You know, it depends <laughs> what you're looking for. Though. If you want smoke blowing up your backside, this ain't the right place. But if you just want to learn in general about, no, we this is a football show, and look what we've discussed today. And you're touching a lot of different lives too. Yeah. And a lot of different lives, like the little show you had with Smudger the other day, like my boy and I kind of forgot that. Never forget that, but it was nice to see. And like I learned a lot about my boy the other day, like I didn't understand. Like, that's true. You, you understand? You got a very good platform. You could be selfish. You didn't have to help me the other day with the advice you give me. Like that's all love, bro. Like seriously, like, I, I appreciate your time and effort, your help. Um, the brilliant people you put me around, you know, because that's all part and parcel of it. Like I said, it's the brilliant minds. When great minds meet in a great place, then great things happen. Yeah. So please take your take your fifty percent. I told you that's your name now, <laughs> Mister One Hundred Percent. Yeah, big thank you to the Sea Gas boys as well. 
Um, little Gattuso, Reedy in midfield. Danny Little with his hair transplant. I won't go into that one. Um, big Dog, Ray and Tony running a very tight ship. I mean, again, there's about 26 different names I can call out right here. <laughs> I'll just say the main ones because, you know, they're, they're the ones that keep me from returning back to the old me. They're the ones that constantly remind me of what you're doing. Can't do that anymore, you know, because it it's hard work. Like, don't – I do have blow-ups from time to time, and it's if you've got the right people around you, they'll rein you in in the right way. And some – if you ask me what is happened down there, it's good man. It's a combination of good management and beautiful human beings just doing what we do. Like, we're not the best in the world, so we keep in hearing. But if we're not the best in the world, we come up with some bloody good results. <laughs> you know? Some of those comments, like, independence, like, love them. They're the adversary we needed. Like, they told us, they said certain things. Like, they didn't even realise what they said, but they dismissed us. We cost you the title. Without being rude, two draws to us, then points you take from us, you win the league. Like, understand when you talk, this is what old Pepe's manager's going to learn. Be careful when you're doing that banter stuff. Sometimes you could be riling up your opposition in the wrong way. Not everybody responds to it. Like, you think it's cool and fine, but not everybody responds to it the same. Like, if old Pepe's big shout out for me for this weekend because they're brilliant and I take nothing away from them, they're brilliant. But Come with a, a more positive energy because you've got a very positive side there. You should be proud. He sh that coach should be proud of them because them boys, they, they've done him well. They've done him proud. And I think, see, guys, you better get your backsides back to ways next <laughs> week. And remember what Tony and um, Ray, they, they, they ain't got sons in this team. They just do it out of love for doing it. So if they're giving up their weekend, I want to see more on that pitch. Or are we, oh, we're going to have to go to the gym with this. <laughs> I ain't having it. We've turned it around and we can't let it go to nothing now. So, yeah, and massive respect to Catford as well because that comment make, made earlier, I know who Holliton are, I know who Marlon Patterson are, is North Peckham were. Um, always been a big baller from when I was a kid, like you heard that name. My best pals, Byron Barnett, was, um, he's the one who he showed me about Marlon Patterson when I was about 13. Bad boy baller. But be careful being dismissive because Catford are in there. Um, Kawhiya in a bad side on their day. Um, Woolenham, that journey up to Woolenham's not nice, man. Not and nice. they're a good side now. They've they've got a lot better. So be careful being dismissive because you ain't met the sea gas and we like ruining parties. <laughs> We're the ones that will come and slap a baby out of christening. We ain't got no problems doing so. So and I I do I rate them. They do very well. But just don't let complacency creep in because no one from sea gas has said you can go on the feet this year. Yeah, so if you're going to beat us, we'll take it like a man. We'll take the L like a man, but no, you're going to have to go to war for it. Like, we ain't lying down for you. And I've, I've, I've proper educated the boys, and they've educated me on this. We know exactly who you are. We ain't coming down to lie down. Especially after Saturday, that's woke us right up. And I think it is the best thing to happen for us because complacency started to kick in. So, oh, Peppies, you've done us a favour. I like <laughs> Cole Peppy now. <laughs> Ivan, yeah, thank you. Bless thank to you. everybody out there, yeah. Thank you so much. No, thank uh, you. Again, um, thank you. Please, please like and subscribe. I actually, before I go, um, I, um, there was an announcement that I was going to make, and I could probably even make it now. So, um, but I, um, amateur footballer and well in United, um, with like a lot of work, um, yeah, uh, there's a collaboration here, um. 
So, um, literally, um, any any child under the age of sixteen um, can actually watch Well in Town. Oh, sorry, Well in United for free. Um, if uh, if an adult ticket has actually been bought. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, again, um, big big shout out to Well in United. Um, and this like partnership, I'm really really excited about. Uh, and again, any any child under under the age of 16 can actually watch uh, a, fo um, a football match for free um, if an adult ticket has been bought. So, um, so yeah, really excited. Um, bless to Wellin for that because they are really good in the community. But I think you'll find Cray Valley, um, my club, VCD, a lot of them do the same, you know? Okay. And it's for the young kids, like, from Welling, because they're quite a high level now as well, getting higher. So some of these young kids are watching the Premier League stars and things like that. You wouldn't do yourself an injustice going down to those these clubs and getting really close to the pitch, hearing the managers talk, hearing the benches talk. Like I used to take my son down to VCD and like he just learned so much by being so close to the pitch. Remember at, uh, high, uh, um, the Emirates or at these places, massive, massive places. You can barely hear yourself think. So it's more a case of um, to get down to the smaller clubs and back them because, like I said, well into a lot in the community that goes unseen. And I wish them all the best. But my love is with BCD, the mighty Vickers. Sorry. They've done a lot for my kids. And you'll find a lot of the, the little grassroots sides do do that too. Mm -hmm. So the kids have got no excuse to be bored. On a Saturday, you can go and spend a good couple of hours enjoying good Good, good football that you could potentially play. Mm -hmm. Not everyone's guaranteed to be pro, but a lot more are guaranteed to make it to that semi-pro ladder. And we all know what happened with Jamie Vardy. So where there's hope, there's a there's where there's hope, there's a will and there's a way. Find it, get down there, go make it possible. All right. And uh, before we, and before we go, uh, comics and sneakers. I said, Seagas, challenge accepted. So oh, it wasn't a challenge. It wasn't a challenge to accept. You ain't got a choice in that one. Like, you, like I said, you've got your good side. We're not disputing that. But trust me, we're meeting you on the trenches. We ain't lying down. You're gonna have to bring them coffin nails and that big hammer, and you're gonna have to hammer us to the floor. We don't lie down for nobody, and we wish them all the best because again, they're just bringing positive light on vets football. It's another good club. Just another brilliant club, so don't get nervous. <laughs> it wasn't that to a challenge. Like, remember, you put down the goat lip, we'll meet you. Yeah, we'll meet you. <laughs> I love that. Uh, God bless, anyway. Thank you. Thank you for your time, and your effort, and everything you do, man. Really appreciate it. All right. So, please like and subscribe, and we'll see you next week, Sunday at eight o'clock for, for another live conversation. Have an amazing week. God bless everyone. Thank you.